Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by the happiest man I've ever met. His name is Joey Vitale. He's a blues analyst for 101 He's ESPN. He's like Disney World of guests for us. Joey, how you doing today, man? Yeah, I appreciate that intro, guys. Yeah, like Happy Feet. I love that Penguin movie where the penguins dancing on his feet all day long. I try to, I try to emulate that. It's, it's sometimes some days are easier than others. Got a lot of kids, a lot, a lot of responsibilities, <laughs> but for the most part, I try to be happy today. How are your dance moves, Joe? I, you know, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I feel the rhythm with a couple tequilas in me. That's good. Um, definitely the martinis get the feet loose a little bit. But like Whitey Herzog, my good buddy, my next-door neighbor, actually. I grew up next to Whitey Herzog my whole life. He still lives two doors down. I'm actually at my parents' house right now with my little one. And I'm literally looking at Whitey Herzog's house right now here in Sunset Hills. Like he said to me once, he said, Joe, you know, margaritas, they're like, they're like women's breasts. You know, one's not enough and three's too many. So you just got to be careful with those. <sighs> That's incredible. He really, is, he really is the happiest man on earth. And I can say that because Whitey Herzog said That's it. That's true. Right. That was a quote. That's like when you say no offense and you can't be offended because technically you said no offense. Yeah, you, you said with all due respect, so you're, yeah. you're totally in the clear. <laughs> hey, Joey, what happened last night to the Blues? They lost, BK. <laughs> he didn't stay. It was Joe. a late night, man. What are you asking? What are you asking of me? <laughs> uh, you know what? I was actually into it until the final probably two minutes of that game. Surprisingly, yeah. you look at the six-three scoreboard, and you're like, ah, it looks like the, the Colorado ran away with another one. But it was actually pretty tight, and it was an exciting game. You know, the Blues fell down the hole early there. I think Colorado really took a step back. They kind of stopped playing, but we started to see Blues hockey there a little bit, at least what it looked like for about I'd say twenty, thirty minutes of the midsection of that game, which was very promising. You know, they claw back into that game, and I, I honestly thought they were going to tie it. I thought they were going to tie it there with a few minutes to go. Nico Mikola had a great chance on the backhand from Tarasenko uh, when it was a 3-2 to two game. Of course, then that's when we saw the empty netter, unfortunately, and things kind of got sealed from there. But I, w- I will say one thing. Uh, well, I'll say two things. Number one is, as we know, we are heavily outmatched. This is a very healthy Colorado team that's fast, executes, and is very confident. And on the counterpart, we're the opposite right now. We're extremely beat up. We dealt with COVID a lot this year, tough travel in the West, and now we're dealing with more injuries, which we can get into in a couple of minutes. But, you know, um, so that's number one. And, and number two, uh, this is still a resilient group. I look at that game last night with all the injuries in that third period, the way the first couple of games have gone in Colorado. The Blues could have just folded the tent and just got ready to go home, but they didn't. And that, to me, is what, what this team is all about, the pride they continue to wear and represent on that, that, that front of that sweater there, which is which is pretty remarkable. Again, you're, you're a flick of the wrist away from tying that game, which is which is a pretty cool thing, and I think that's something they can build on moving forward. Joe, what do you think's going on with Vladdy? I mean, he for all we know, and we don't get to be in the locker room and talk to him, but for all we know, he could still be dealing with some type of injury and not playing anywhere near 100%. But you got one shot from number 91 in two games right now mm-hmm. in the playoffs. 
You know what? I, 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 I'm going to give Laddie the benefit of the doubt here just because we don't know enough. Listen, with, with COVID, when playoffs are tight in general with injuries and things like this, but especially with COVID, we have no access to players. We have no access to the team. Um, so I'm looking at players like Vladdy and, and, and some other players on this Blues team that maybe you're expecting a little bit more from to kind of turn this series around. Uh, but Vladdy's missed basically two years of hockey. Uh, he went from his shoulder to a lower body injury. That's why he missed the last you know couple weeks heading into this playoffs. To me, I, I actually think it's a great thing he's at least given it a shot. I do not think he's 100% healthy. I think he needs to give his body way more time to recover from anything that's going on with his lower body injury. But again, it's, it's the pride and it's the, it's the fact that he wants to be out there. Uh, to me, that, that's got to be a plus, and you've got to give him kudos for that. Uh, but again, you keep looking at what needs to improve with his game. Uh, put all that aside for a minute. You know, Craig Berube has said it best. They need him to be more of a power forward. Uh, I think Vladdy has a tendency uh, and he has a history of having these remarkable shots from the outside, whether it be on the power play or five on five. Uh, he's got such a snappy shot where it comes off his stick like power, just a huge little pop, and he can pick a corner like no other, and he can still do all those things. But with playoff style of hockey and with how tight things are becoming and where he has it at with his game as far as his confidence level, I think for things to really kind of get shaped up and turn around, you're going to look, have to look at Vladdy less of a sniper, more as a power forward, you know, with dipping the shoulder, getting to the net, being on top of that crease, you know, kind of playing that kind of snarly, dirty hockey, or maybe he's going to take one off the skate or the shin pad to kind of get things rolling. But the good news is for Vladdy, as we've seen in the past five, six, seven years, he's a streaky guy. If he can get one, boy, his feet start to get going, and then he can really turn a game on its head. Joe, how tough is that to try and convert the mindset of a player into a different role like Vladdy wants to be a sniper Vladdy views himself as a sniper but if you're Craig Berube you're trying to get him to accept that role of being a power forward and a presence in front of the net well it's hard it's hard number one mentally for a player to kind of get through that but then then really it's it's even harder physically and that's why I keep coming back to maybe the injury yeah where maybe he's not 100 percent um does he look as fast as he has in the past no uh the shots to me is it's still there I know a lot of fans and people are speculating, is this, is this something to do with the shoulder? Are we ever going to see Vladdy come back to where he was before these shoulder injuries? My answer to that is yes. I've seen his shot. I've seen his power. I've seen him be physical and, and kind of rub guys off in front of the net or in the corner. And I think, I think strength-wise, upper body, he is, he is there. I just think from him getting up to speed, he's missed a lot of time, and dealing with a low-body injury coming into this playoffs is something that he is just not prepared for, especially when you're looking at a Colorado team that's probably the fastest in the National Hockey League. Joey, and we're talking to Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for 101 ESPN. He'll be on the call for Blues versus Avalanche tomorrow night. Pre-game coverage with Alex begins tomorrow at 730. Let's let's operate under the assumption that the Blues find a way to be able to get uh, David Perron back into the lineup. And fingers crossed that that will be the case this weekend. How big of a boost would that be for this team if they can get him back? Well, it'll be a major boost, uh, especially because of the injuries now that we're starting to see what's happened in game two. Um, do we see him tomorrow night? I don't think so because I'm just looking at the timeline. Jake Wallman was put on the COVID list before David Perron, and it appears that Jake Wallman won't even be available for tomorrow night's yeah. game. As we, we, we first thought, I think, like, I think last week we were saying Jake may be ready for game three. We were hopeful of that. But now with him not being ready for game three, you really have to figure that's going to at least push at least a game back for David Perron, maybe two. So will he be ready for game five? That, that's possible. Mm. It's, it's, there's potential there. You know, but so then that means the Blues have to come into St. Louis for the next three nights and have a split, which is going to be a difficult thing to do, especially missing David Prime. But it can be done. But you like to think if, but game five, when you're traveling back to Colorado, if you can get DP 57 back in the lineup, what does that do for you? What does amazing, does amazing things for you? It does um, a power play unit that's going to 
just take off because you have a one-timer option instead of Tyler Bozek on that right side. Uh, five on five, you're looking at probably the, the toughest puck possessor on this team. I think Ryan O'Reilly is probably the best stripper probably on the team as far as how he can take pucks away from people. Mm-hmm. But as far as when you have the puck and holding on to it, I think David Prowse is maybe the best in the National Hockey League. And that leads to a lot of offensive zone time where the Blues can get out there, ship up, ship, wave after wave. Uh, David's got an incredible shot. But more importantly than all the physical things he, and the attributes he brings to the actual game, let's talk about who he is as a personality, what he is in the locker room. You know, Braden Shen told us you know, last week he's probably the loudest player in that room. He's just an energy guy. Uh, he's always talking. He's always you know, got that motor going. He's kind of you know, disrupting things on the bench, kind of causing chaos at team breakfast and just kind of hmm. just getting just getting in the rhythm of things and kind of getting the flow of things and bringing energy to the group. I think that's something that Blue Season really needs right now. It's just energy, that Pat Maroon energy, guys showing up and just kind of shooting the breeze in the locker room, just doing their thing. That's what David brings, and that's what the Blues have really missed over the last couple of games. If they do get Perron back, Joe, would you, if you're Craig Berube, consider giving Sammy Blay a heightened role going into this game number three? Because down 2-0, I would imagine you look at some changes with your roster. But Sammy Blay, we've seen him perform in a top-six role, and of course he scores that goal last night. Yeah, I think you do, Alex. I think that's a good point. I think that he's going to continue to uh, revolve these lines. I mean, I'm looking at a couple of players in last night's team that really stood out. Jordan Cairo, he was converting on a lot of chances. I think he deserves top six minutes moving into game three. And the other one that could be a bit of a surprise, but to your point, I think it could be an accurate one, is Sammy Blay. You know, he does score that goal from behind the net, but this again, this is a streaky guy that when you kind of elevate him from a healthy scratch or a fourth line to a first line, he's, he showed you in the past he can step up and get points and be productive right away. So, I mean, I look at Sammy Blay's goal last night, and this, and this is a positive heading into the game three, not, for, not just for Sammy, but for this entire team. The, the one positive I, I will say, uh, at least there's a couple positives, but the one big one I really liked about game two heading into game three I think I think you're starting to see that Philip Grubauer is, is pretty human. You know, I think that's something that you know a lot of players and, and a lot of you know fans and uh, experts in the league are just they look at his goals against average, which is under two, which has gotten got him in that Vesna conversation. Um, best goals against average in the National Hockey League. I think he had a 1.6 goals against average in that building, the Ball Ball Arena in Denver. So just insane numbers. But you look at Sammy Blaze kind of goal, kind of a fluky goal off his back leg. Heck, I look at Mike Hoffman's goal during that third period that got within one. I mean, a slap shot underneath his armpit. Those are those kind of leaky goals that, you know, goalies that aren't really feeling it are starting to let up. So, yes, he had a great game one, but game two, it seems like he slid off there a little bit. I think that really could be uh, one of the Blues' only hopes kind of moving forward if, if they can really figure out Grubauer, get a couple dirty kind of off-angle goals, which they're hoping for, and then just continue to do your best to shut this thing down. Joey, final thing for you before we get you out of here. So a couple of days ago, we played a game with our producer, Tanner Hendrickson, who you know well. T-Bone. T-Bone. Tanner was asked questions about the 90s because he grew up in the 2000s, of course. He's a young kid. And we were curious if you would be able to get these because Tanner said they were just too hard. They were really hard, The questions were too difficult. So here's here's a couple of them for you, Joey. Could you name two Spice Girls... And could you name two Backstreet Boys, two of the members of the Spice Girls or two of the members of the Backstreet Boys? And we don't need the actual names of the Spice Girls, Joe. We need, like, the the nicknames of the Spice Girls. Well, yeah, I mean, there's Ginger Spice, there's Sports Spice, there's Scary Spice. uh, There's, I think, what's that? Not Happy Spice. There's 40 Scary, I know there's three in the top five. Uh, Baby Spice, that's the fourth one. And what is that fifth one? Is there a fifth one? Yeah, there's a fifth one. What, what, what's we, we both have to look it up because ba- I don't... Baby? Did you say Baby yeah, Spice? Ginger Spice. I, I, I oh, baby. Posh, posh Spice. That's posh. the Beckham. 
Oh my gosh, Paw Spice. That's right. Victoria he was David Beckham. Uh, yeah, yeah, David Beckham. Uh, and then for of course the Backstreet Boys. Listen, I was a huge Insane fan, but I also love the Backstreet Boys. Uh, AJ McLean was a good one. Howie DeRoe. Nick Carter. Nick Carter was the most popular one. That yeah. guy, he got in some trouble. But uh, he also had a brother that got in some trouble too. Um, what was the guy that with was the stunning. Kevin? Kevin yep. and Brian. I don't know the last. Oh my god, he Kevin just named all five of them, Tanner. Is that right? You did named all five of them. Did I get it? Yeah, you did. Oh, buddy, don't even ask me about the NSYNC fan. I can tell you the NSYNC oh, guys' yeah. first names, their girlfriends, where they came from. Um, Color of their eyes. Why they were called NSYNC. It was, it was Justin Timberlake's mom that heard them kind of duet for the first time when they were yep. kind of playing together. And, and her mom said, wow, you guys sound like you're really NSYNC. And the boys just kind of got light bulb. So there you yeah. go. Joe, this is why you and I are friends, buddy, because we were both very intelligent and picked oh, yeah. NSYNC over Backstreet Boys. Yeah, and I was a Backstreet Boys guy, yeah, which explains a lot, a lot frankly. Joey, we always appreciate They were all great. No, no, no judgment either way. They were great boy bands back in the day. I kind of missed the old boy bands. My first concert was New Kids on the Block. I went with my Nana. Uh, it was a beautiful concert. I saw some things I was, was really excited about when I was 13. A lot and of I'm grinding. Excited about. A lot of yeah, grinding on the ground, right, Three boobs versus one. Things yeah. that we've learned yeah. about in this interview. Joe, I went to the New Kids on the Block yeah, concert exactly. with Katie a couple of years ago because I wanted to see boys to men that were with them, and I saw a lot of older men grinding on the stage. Oh, buddy, yeah, boys to men. That was my first slow dance there at the uh, Ascension Mixers in South oh, County. The Ascension Mixers, baby. that was like, that was big-time mixers. They didn't really have teacher chaperone. It was more like the nope. cool parents. Yeah. Like, you know, the mom from Mean Girls. Like, I'm like, no, mom, the <laughs> yeah. cool mom. All those kind of parents were chaperoning. There was some massive grinding going on. Yeah, at you didn't have to leave any room for Jesus at those mixers, Joe. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> Good talk, guys. See you, Joey, all the best, man. We'll talk <laughs> with you soon. That's Joey Vitale, Blues Analyst for 101 ESPN, man. all around great human being. He is right. Those mixers, there, there was no room for Jesus. So the funny thing is, it didn't matter where you grew up, right? Whether it was St. Louis, Chicago, Kansas City, New York, everybody had a mixer. Oh, and, yeah. and it was a matter of like where yours was. Ours, where I grew up, it was called the Timothy Lutheran Dance. We called them the TLs, right? Always the Lutherans. And oh, boy, those things got wild. Yeah, they all did. All kinds of soda pop. Oh, yeah. Yep, there yeah, was there was a lot of good. there was a lot of digit earnings back then. Like you would get the digits from the chicks. Nailed it. You didn't have to super the swipe there. Is next on 101 ESPN. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's here, Peloton's best offer of the season. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton Tread. Choose from accessories like a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, yoga blocks, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. Hurry, Peloton's best offer of the season is here, but not for long. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Limited time offer cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.